Ian. Uh, time to do a podcast. And uh, as he adjusts his the cans on his head, um, this is going to be a, a a tricky one, and we can get get into some uh, what's the word um, space that might be difficult for some people. So I want to put out some boundaries, some safe guidelines first. Okay. So we're going to be talking about following on from what we discussed last about the uh, redemptive mindset. Uh, we're going to look at what God might have been doing in salvation in people's lives and where there might be belief where someone's not conscious of it. So this is going to go right up to the wire in asking questions. So let's put things down really clear first. Number one, we're absolutely committed to that. It's, it's the finished work of Jesus that is the basis of all salvation, yeah? Without yep, any question. Absolutely. Mankind contribute nothing to that except to respond to it, okay? The second thing is that uh, salvation belongs to God and God alone decides who's saved. And we get into trouble when we figure out who's saved and who's not, who's a Christian, who's not. That's where the problems are, isn't yep. it? So the questions we're going to open up here and get close to the, the bleeding edge of understanding. Just one other thing. Go ahead. In terms of that is that we do believe Jesus is the only way, right? We do believe Jesus is the only way. Absolutely, we do. Because <laughs> that's important. <laughs> is 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 important. So, it, but this we're going to ask some bleeding edge, edge questions here, because you have to when you start to approach the world with a um, a redemptive mindset. You're always looking for what God's doing. Hmm. Now, if you've um, upfront ruled out the possibility of God working in people's lives, or that people are responding to God because they don't fit an obvious category, that's plain to us then you could be missing what god's doing and overlooking it and and uh that's kind of really where we want to press into with this Mm -hmm. so we kind of call this the accidental believer and the the sort of languages about this was that what does it mean to believe god belief seems fundamental to the idea of all religions but do we mean by that the acceptance of certain propositions or is there something Mm -hmm. that goes beyond that um what does the bible have to say uh, is the what the Bible says the same as what we assume? You know, have we have we really checked and reviewed our thinking on this? Um, and is it possible to believe be a believer and a follower of Jesus and not be aware of it? Right. That's the accidental believer, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, if all this is very um, so what's the word uh, worrisome ground for you, put your seatbelt in, grab a nice hot milk drink, and sit down or just fast forward to the next episode but hopefully um, we'll keep this within safe safe territory i've already got my seat belt <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me let me open up with a few a few thoughts um what does it mean to believe i i mean the bible's really clear when james says you know it, it's not just to accept that there's a god because that seems to be the thing in the world doesn't you know, do you believe in god or not um and let's be clear let's rule that out because james says even the demons believe and shudder okay so they know god exists but that hasn't done anything for them in terms of transforming them (laughs) okay so so we're not accepting the proposition there is a god we're also going to challenge that the fact that it's the proposition of accepting the idea that um jesus rose from the dead because it may be you could intellectually assent to an idea, but it's had no transformational impact on your life. Right. And and so there could be a gap there. And let's look at it this way. How many people are there maybe in churches 
whose lives are not transformed. They've accepted the creed, the ideas, the concepts, the propositions, but the, but the transformation hasn't happened. So there's, a, there's an issue there. On the other hand, it may be that someone hasn't accepted those propositions because they haven't been put before them, they haven't been explained to them, yeah. and yet they may have responded to God in a way that allows God's saving work to begin in their lives and for life to come and transformation to come. And at some point, they've got to be connected with some understanding and some light that can help them build on that right. and get to a greater place of wisdom. Because the more light and wisdom you have, uh, the better your life is going to be and the more you can help others. Uh, but So I, I just wanted to put a couple of other pieces around that there was one was really helped me which is um just understanding the idea of those who are near and far um Isaiah talks about you know peace to those who are near and far and we off I've often thought of that that as being those who are far away geographically you know and those who are locally but I think there's more to that what if it's to do with the proximity to Jesus because Jesus talks about uh I want you to remain in me to abide in me because that's where you live best mm. And I remain in you and you in me and you'll right. bear much fruit. Yeah. Yeah. But is it possible to respond to Jesus at a distance where you don't have much light, you don't have much wisdom, you don't have much understanding, and but you're responding to him in faith and salvation is working. And actually this is where you know the, the body of Christ can help and teach and yeah. help others. So it, I, I've put quite a few things on the table there, haven't I? You have. Do you, do you want to help? unpack and, and sort of begin to dig through those well you see i think some of it is comes back to things that we have talked about not just in the redemptive mindset thing that we did earlier in the series but also um in season one hmm. and all through I, even in this season i think as well we've talked a lot about it's not a message it's a person right so so part of what you're saying can be summed up this way is that um, we don't believe belief is about believing a message or, or even responding to a message mm. it is about meeting a person that changes your life mm. right <laughs> so and it's not a one-off meeting mm. right yep, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so it's a journey to continued life and continued abundance and i think one of the problems that we see generally in christendom is that you have people who have kind of been encountered a message about this thing that's really that they can believe and it takes it takes faith to believe the even if it's a message it mm. takes belief to or faith to, to believe that message because mm. you're you're talking about things that are not normal mm. like somebody dying for the whole world and being resurrected mm. from the dead right um, but, so it, it does all of that mm. but there's something about meeting someone who then transforms your life and makes it abundant no matter what your circumstances are because yep. jesus said i came to give you life in all its abundance yeah very good yeah he didn't say i came to give you life or he didn't say i came to take you to heaven or he didn't say i i came to give a ticket for heaven mm. he said i've come to give you life in all its abundance yep. there's another 
that has come to steal and destroy and kill. Yeah, yeah. But I have come to give you life in its abundance. Mm. I don't see that abundant life often mm. within the Christian tradition. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so people. In fact, it's quite the opposite. We're hanging on, you know, in grimly hanging on until Jesus comes back, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, well, actually, where's that in? Where's that in the teaching of yeah. Jesus? Because it's not there. Right. What's what is there for Jesus is, is that pray this, your kingdom and your kingdom and your will come now on earth as it is in heaven. That's abundant life. In other words, we are pulling down something from heaven to earth. Right. So so what that, and, that, and that takes a continuous relationship and meeting with Jesus every day. Very good. You yeah. can't get that from a message. No. Right? You can't get that from a set of beliefs. You can't get that from a creed. Mm. What you end up with is a, a, a load of rules that you are pulling on to get through life. Yeah. Rather than you're meeting with someone. Now, why is this important to what you're saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this is important to what you're saying because actually, therefore, the whole process of salvation, mm. right, is a journey with the person i do think there is a place where we go from darkness to light from one kingdom to another there is there is a there, there is that it's not just a journey somehow <laughs> there comes a place where that is sometimes though that's really difficult to see and to say that's where it is it it <laughs> no but i'm well, thinking about it as you're explaining it that way it could be that in, if you think of that near and far image again, yeah. those who are near the person, Clay, that they could be um, within the church, but those who are far from the person could also be within the church. Yes. And those who are far from the person may not be in the church, but they're actually, they can both be responding to God at some level, but they're just not walking in the abundance that God wants them to have. It comes from proximity to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? But they can both be responding to him. So there's there's life, there is some salvation, but it's it's not everything that God's got for them. Yeah, and the whole uh, you know so so the, the, there's lots of theological aspects to this yeah, that yeah. we can't we're not going to be able to explain clearly. But you know, there's a sense we are saved, but we are being saved as yeah, well, right? Because yeah. both tenses are used. Yeah, and that's why I say there is a place where we go from darkness to light. Yeah. There is a place where we. Yeah go from one kingdom yeah, to another yeah. there, there and, and the reason I've, I've been pushing it yeah at, at this a bit was because I've, I've thought long and hard about this over the past few years and one of the things that you, in terms of saving faith what is the faith that saves you know, yeah. what is the point of belief that makes you in it to put in a horrible phrase what when do you become a christian by believing something yeah. what's what's the mechanics the anatomy the 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 dna of that moment yeah. and it's really hard to see because sometimes Peter will be preaching and, and people say, what was we do to save? And he'll say, do this. You, you can't rule out the fact that God is only speaking to there and them for that moment because of the who's there and what's going on right then. Yeah. Is he putting down an absolute pattern or is he, are we responding to a person yeah. in that time? And maybe he's saying different things to different people. And so as you look at the Bible, I think I come to Romans four where Paul talks about Abraham and Paul says, Abraham is the father of all who believe. Ah, so we've got something universal now. 
there's something in what happened in Abraham that is true of everybody who responds with faith that leads to salvation life. Okay. So what did Abraham believe? Well, he believed this. God said, you can have a son. <laughs> he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Well, whoop-de-doo. Well, I thought it would be believing something, um, you know. Uh, no, it's nothing. It, 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 it's God spoke to Abraham and said, oh, this is my promise to you. And Abraham said, yes, I believe that because of who you are. And that was the basis of yeah. the righteousness for Abraham, which Paul uses as the, the go-to plumb line mm. for saving faith. So, wow, okay. Abraham wasn't saved because he believed Jesus rose from the dead. If, if, no. if we could be a bit prophetic about this and whatever else but what Paul puts on the page there in front of us is he believed God in response to that promise yeah. about having a son so then I look through the, the, the scripture and I say well it, it, through the Old Testament it happens many many times there's the word of the Lord came to a person saying this mm -hmm. the word of the Lord came to a person saying that it says Jonah so the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time go to Nineveh the word of the Lord came the word of the Lord came and then in Hebrews uh, in the New Testament he says um, God in the past spoke at many times, many ways to our fathers, but now he has spoken to us through his son, who we know to be the word of God. Ah, well, so, so things begin to join up here. When the word of God comes to us, who is Jesus, what do we do with him? How do we respond? And it seems to me, and Abraham illustrates this, that that's, that's the essence of, of that faith decision. The, what's going on at the heart of it is the word of the Lord comes to Ian, mm -hmm. the word of the Lord comes to Rao and says this, how do we respond? Right. Is is what did we do with Jesus in that moment? And he, mm -hmm. he doesn't come necessarily as an obvious Jesus, but he comes as the word. And that may come through your conscience. He may speak to you through conviction about something. He may speak to you about something from any kind of angle. Who knows how God speaks to people? Yeah. What do we do with that and how do we respond? So the question is, are people responding to God and saying yes? And not realizing what they've just done yeah. at that stage, but yeah, later absolutely. on they can come yeah. to light. I've, I've outlined, outlined my sort of my potential heresy there. What do you, or is it? Because <laughs> I don't think it is heresy. It seems to me scriptural. Mm. But what sort of? Well, I, th I think that there are a couple, there, there are a number of things in in that, right? So the Abraham thing is interesting because later on in the story, he's asked to sacrifice his son, yeah. right? Yeah. So and actually, what's interesting. He believes in resurrection at that point. Very good. Yeah. Right? Because it's not just he sacrifices his son, mm -hmm. but he had a, it was a burnt offering, mm -hmm. which means that there would be an ashes. And what it actually says is that, but he believed that God would raise him. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so that, that's an incredible act of faith, actually. So, so yeah. it points for, obviously the Old Testament points forward to the reality of, what's coming yeah right it's a shadow of what's coming yep. so 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 even in in that story you do get him believing in resurrection mm. <laughs> so it's quite quite an interesting yeah, aspect to that but obviously that was a journey yeah because he didn't do that although he didn't believe in that until he had to believe it the mm. so i'm trying to try yep, to say yep. so so that was a journey for him and I, I do think sometimes we we want salvation to be very very neat mm. okay so salvation is you know, you hear the message, you respond to the message, you join our community. That's so often how we how we present. I'm sensing something Celtic coming. Yeah, in. yeah. So, so the Celtic thing changes that on its head. Okay, yeah. so you're going to live among them. Hmm. You're going to live among the people. 
what are you doing if you go and live among them? You're bringing light to mm. them, right? So you're bringing light into the darkness mm. of their yeah. thing. So you're starting to reveal something just by being there. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. As you do that, you minister to them, mm -hmm. right? And you have conversations with them. So what are you doing at that point? You are being Jesus in the midst of that community. You're bringing light. Mm -hmm. you're, they're ministering as Jesus would minister. That's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So you're not just telling them a message. You're not telling them they're dirty, rotten sinners and they come into, mm -hmm. they need, need to come to Jesus or they go into hell, right? Because that, that, that's so often what, mm -hmm. what, 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 what yep. our way yep. of evangelism is. We're not doing that. We're ministering to them. <laughs> so we are being like God to them. Mm -hmm. So... What does that mean, right? Well, that means that we are going to be kind to them. Mm. We're going mm. to be good to them. We're going to um, bring truth to them, mm. right? Yep, We're going to yep. be peace to them. But it's been shown. Yeah, it's exactly. It's been, been demonstrated, manifest. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and people might say to me, well, where, do, where does he say that? Well, well, let me tell you what, what, it, what Jesus says. You will know who my followers are. You will know who my people are by what? By the fruit. By the fruit. No, so often we think that's about what we've achieved. Hmm. You know, by your fruit. Well, how many Christian? How many people you've led to the Lord this week? That's fruit. Well, is it? You see, I'm not. I don't believe it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I think the the fruit that Jesus is talking about is the fruit of the Spirit that we see Paul in, bring through in. Um, in Galatians yeah. 5, yeah, yeah. right? Um, because I personally, I think that is where the glory of God comes. Yeah, yeah. You know, so <laughs> that is where transformation comes. That yeah. is where we, you know, Corinthians 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3 talks about we are transformed yeah. from yeah. one degree of glory to another. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means we become more like God. Let me put it another way. Yeah. We become more like Jesus. Because yeah. people have a, <laughs> have an easier thing. You know, yeah. we are to be like him. Yeah, Christ-like. Right? Yeah. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm. Right? That's what Jesus said. So, we are to be like him. Mm -hmm. So, if they see us, they should see the Father. So, you're going into a situation and you're bringing the, that light. You're bringing that. Yeah, that that the goodness and the kindness mm -hmm. and the peace and the, you know the the and self control. Yep. So you, it's not just I'm being all nice and I'm kind of oh, oh isn't he mm. a nice gentleman? You know, yeah. no, no, no. You you are being got Jesus in that situation. Yeah. You're, but that means you have to listen to him. You have to do what he asks you to yeah, do. Yeah. You have to say what he asks asks you to say yeah, yeah. to that people to those those yeah. things. And it's very interesting if you if you look at the way in which Jesus goes into those situations and what he says, what he confronts mm. people with. Mm. It's not the kind of thing we think that we should be confronting them with. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because they're not propositions for belief. Stop believing that, no. believe this. No, exactly. It's, it's, it's stop behaving like that, behave like this. I, I'm, I'm just thinking, so actually what we're saying is the, the way we've inherited it for a long time now, for yeah. many centuries, is here's a message, accept and uh, make a decision to accept a message, and then the output will be a community. You you, you yeah. join the community, yeah. 
uh, and then follows a process of sanctification where that community leads to transformation. What we're saying here is in the reverse, which actually you have a community, maybe people come to a community, start manifesting Jesus. So you see transformation in the community leads people to receive the word, the yeah. Me- yeah. and then a message helps people understand what's going on and and gives them instruction about how to be community. Yeah. yeah. So it really is a reverse. It is a reverse. Yeah. But it, 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 people often challenge me on that. So yeah. well, come on, you know, how, where, where, where do you and see it's that? A, it can be so say, we, we're up for challenge. We, we, we're yeah. not resisting that. We're yeah, just that's saying, right. And, yeah. and, you know, you know, I'm sure there are lots of holes in the theology and all the rest of yeah. it here, right? Yeah, but yeah. but I, I'm very simple about certain things, you know. Yeah. So when it says be like Jesus, yeah. I want to look, well, what did Jesus do? Well, he came among. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, you know, as I've said already, I, you know, I'm living, I, I'm reading as my devotionals r- right now, I'm going through the, the Gospel of John. Mm. You know, and I think I'll read a chapter a day. <laughs> I've been living in chapter one for a whole month yep. in January because suddenly I'm thinking this is such an incredible thing. Jesus came and lived among. Very, very good. Right? He yep. came. He. Why did he do that? He came. He brought light. <laughs> he ministered too. Yes. Right? So, so, so he didn't come and just... Get on, you know. You don't find Jesus just preaching sermons. You, he does no, do that. A, I'm not against that. Yeah. I don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not against that yeah. proclaiming the gospel as we see it, right? Yeah. But, but actually, let me put it a different way: proclaiming salvation, the gospel of salvation. Oh, right, right? see, <laughs> right? you got me. I'm not you against get, that. Yeah, this is good. This is good. I'm not against that. Yeah. What I'm saying though yeah. is that actually. We, we need to do what Jesus did. And no, he didn't just do that. No, no, it's right. In John 1, it says, He dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. So if we were followers of Jesus, we would dwell among and they would see his glory in us. Exactly. Which leads to a decision. We receive him with faith. And then there's a whole message that follows yeah. to explain. We, we can get into... Yeah. Yeah. And... We are carrying the presence of Jesus as well, yeah. right? And we are carrying His glory. Well, we should be. Yeah. I sometimes I think we carry a very little of His yeah. glory if we're yeah. thinking that in terms of fruit. And this is what we said before. It's we've we've been guilty as believers for carrying a message, not manifesting a person. Yeah. Exactly. So look, I just want to push this on um, to. Just consider what does, does does the Bible give us examples of people who are responding to God, but they're outside of um, they don't know they don't understand the message. Well, this is really interesting. We, 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 we're going to do um, a, a subsequent um, podcast on how God speaks to, to unbelievers because I think there's plenty of that. But uh, do people respond to Him and are they walking with God in a way? Mm. Um, I think. If you look in Acts chapter 10, you've got a really interesting um, picture there. So what's happened is... One of my favourite stories. One of your favourite stories, Ian. Uh, it's all about, all about a Welshman. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not. <laughs> this is about This is about a centurion. So it's Acts chapter 10, if you want to go read this. Uh, a centurion in what's known as the Italian Regiment. Um, now, it says that he and his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously... 
to those in need and he prayed to God regularly. But this is a guy who is clearly what's called a Gentile. That is, he's non-Jewish. So he's not a Jewish Gentile either. Okay, he's not a Jewish Gentile, but he's responding to the Jewish God. And we don't know what on what basis he'd be doing. It's not given. But it well, is... I'm not even sure that, that that's true, you see, that he's responding to the Jewish God. I think he's God-fearing. Right. Right, yeah. and devout. Ooh. So, so at this Very point, I, I, and part of the reason I'm just saying, I, you know, I can't prove that either way, and mm. nobody else can either. Mm. Um, but I think the evidence is there, right? Yeah. Firstly, Peter has to have a major revelation to go to his house mm. because he's a Gentile and he yeah. can't eat of the foods. Now, if he was a Jewish Gentile, he wouldn't have been eaten of that that food. He Clearly, yeah. right? So, so, and I know it's not about the food that he's eating the food that's why he can't go to his house but it's because it's unclean yep. but a gentle i mean i know that there are some jewish traditions where you wouldn't do that either yeah um, but but nevertheless there's there's that kind of aspect to it uh for me but it there's a uh but i think it's more likely that he, this guy is a real god seeker and that's you know because god fearing is means that we want the real God, right? That mm-hmm. I think so. I think he and his family want the real God. So this comes back to my whole point yeah. that God is not about what we believe. You know, I said mm. in in season one, it's not about what we. God doesn't mm. care what we believe, mm. right? And I know I know that that caused a lot of problems for some people. Mm. But I'm not saying belief isn't important and what we believe isn't. But that's a journey. Yeah, that's what that's that's what I mean by that. Yeah. But it's God. It looks upon the heart yeah. and not on the outward appearance mm. or the outward belief or or what. So God is looking at this guy's heart. This mm. is what I think is happening here. Yeah. God looks upon this heart mm. and this guy who really wants to know the true God. Mm. I think that's what's going on here. So he wants to know because he doesn't know. Exactly. Okay. So this is a man who does not know God, but he's seeking after, he's hungry after God. But it says, he and all his family were devout. He gave generously to those in need. And he prayed to God regularly. And we know that the Romans um, culture was a polytheistic culture, lots of different gods. But this guy's clearly crying out to the creator God. um, And he's responding to him. Because there's, so go back to what we said, here is community, he and his whole family, and obviously his household have been impacted by that and he is giving generously to those in need so there's a fruit yeah he's responding something in his conscience and there's some compassion and caring for the needs of others before he's heard the message because categorically he may have heard of jesus being a centurion in jerusalem at that time he may well have been aware of jesus but he certainly wouldn't have understand understood who jesus was and jesus message and the importance of what jesus had done on the cross and so on that's why god has to send peter to him so we have a clear biblical case here early in the book of acts where we have a man and his household responding to god in the best way they can and the fruit and community being there and a message coming to turn that faith into life in abundance yeah exactly so we, we've just, we've just, there's a case study right there. Yeah. So, I, but, but what does that mean for redemptive, you know, the redemptive mindset? How, how does that, 
had a, well, it means that whenever I'm I, I, I'm in a situation, for me, this mm. is how it works for me, is whenever I'm in a situation, I'm looking for the, mm. those. I'm looking for those people. Mm. And, you know, you know, my experience is, is that people are normally the most verbally against mm. are actually the nearest to. That's good, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not always true. Yeah. Often it is. But it could be a wound. It w- a wound. All kinds of things going on that God really cares about. Or they're fighting something that God... Yeah. The, the God's revelation to them. Because yeah, they yeah. you know, there's a counting of the cost, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus talks talks about that. Um, but but also, I'm, so I'm, one, I'm looking for those kinds of people. So when people are against, I'm not immediately going, whoa. <laughs> yeah. When people are spiritually aware... That doesn't frighten me. Mm. That excites me. Mm. So when I meet somebody who has, who's involved in the occult, for instance, it doesn't frighten me. I think, mm. wow, they're probably near God because they're seeking something here. Now, sometimes, so. sometimes yeah. that's not true, right? Sometimes yeah. they just want power. Yeah. You know, and we see so that in the New Testament. We right? do see where, that, yeah, yeah. Where, where Paul, where the guy comes to Paul and says, how much do I have to pay you so I can have this power? Yeah. So sometimes there's a power there. But often when people are, are getting into a kind of new age stuff or whatever, there's, there's a sense in which they are near God. They're hungry to connect with. They're yeah. looking for yeah. something yeah. real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is what I'm saying is is that I don't want to run away from that. I run towards it, not to get involved in it, but to see where we can redeem it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let, let, let's make this a very, very yeah. practical. Instead of looking at the world around us as as Christians, we've been very guilty of this, right? You're either a, you believe this stuff and you go to church, and therefore you are a Christian. Yeah. Okay. What we're saying is actually the person who makes your coffee every day when you go to whatever coffee shop you go to or the person in your office who you know doesn't go to church and is not a believer inverted commas <clears throat> it could be they are hungering for god and responding to god, to god in exactly the way cornelius yeah did and it could be that you are the peter sent to that person exactly to bring the understanding yeah that turns that community in fruit into an abundance yeah exactly i think a number of us need the sheet from heaven coming down oh, right come on. <laughs> I, I i i you know but it would it wouldn't have unclean animals on it no, no it'd not. have unclean yeah. occult signs on it yeah, or something not, do you know yeah, what i mean yeah. <laughs> it would have something else on it because we need a revelation that these things are not unclean hmm. when god meets them yeah they become pure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. Uh, and I, th- I, so I just think that that, that thing. So let me give, you, let me give you a kind of another example, if you like. It, it, you know, in the nineties, right, particularly the mid nineties, there was this whole thing about revival happening. Mm. Revivals coming, revivals on the way. Yeah, Loads yeah, yeah. of prophetic words, yeah, yeah. right. And we've seen some of the signs that were prophesized yeah. during those come true, like at Diana's. Funeral. There was a whole prophetic word before that yeah. about the, the the streets of London being filled with flowers. Would be filled with flowers and weeping. Yeah. Well, that happened on her funeral. Yeah. Right. So the sign is there. Mm. I know loads of Christians from that era that are totally despondent mm. because the revival didn't come. Mm. That in the, in their view, right? And I believe the revival did come. Come on in. Right? Come on in. <laughs> so the revival yeah. came not in the church, mm. 
But the revival came in people's interest in spirituality. Yeah. So up until that time, certainly through the 80s, yeah. the 70s and 80s, to go into a, a, a pub or a coffee shop yeah. and have a spiritual conversation yeah. with someone where you can bring in the, the Jesus and talk about Jesus without being vilified yeah. or laughed out of the shop or whatever was very far and few between. But since that time in the 90s, the, the world has become more spiritually aware and sensitive. So for mm. me, there was a revival. It was just not the revival we expected. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people we hear, oh, yeah, that's not a real, re- real revival is this, 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 and this. Mm. Well, every, every time there's a new revival, people normally say that's not revival mm. because we don't recognize Jesus in a new form. Mm. And I think script, I can prove that scripturally. After the resurrection, yeah. how many times did the people recognize Jesus? They took time to recognize him, even at when he went up into heaven, mm. right? It says some still doubted. Yeah. Some no, that, that's not, that's some of the 11. They were, yeah. I, 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 when I first used to read that, I used to think, oh, that's like, you know, the, the, there's loads of people there. But there are 11 people there. Mm. They're just as disciples. Some still some doubted, wow, well, yeah. right? No, that, and they'd seen Jesus again, but they'd seen him in a different form. Yeah. His resurrection form was different from his when yeah. he walked the earth yeah. form. Yeah. Now, I think every time we see a move of God, mm-hmm. there is often a new aspect to that that we find difficult initially to recognize. Very good. Right? So that's, I, good. that's my personal belief is that, that we have seen that and, rather, and now we need the kind of sheet from heaven experience, if you like, to come down and go, oh, actually, we need to be reaching into that and seeing a redemptive purpose so, in it. Is it possible, Ian, are we saying that the world that surrounds us is full of many, many believers? They don't know they're believers. They wouldn't think of themselves in that way. They're followers of Jesus. They wouldn't think of themselves in that way. And God's got a lot more for them, a lot more understanding, a lot, you know, they're a long way from where, you know, but but they're like green shoots, if you like. So instead of seeing in and out, we're seeing actually the world is full of green shoots of belief yeah. and following of Jesus, and in the ch- inside yeah. the church, there's plenty of old dead wood yeah. that, unfortunately and tragically, is missed, yeah. and, and 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 just never got on to where it should have gone. Okay, are we I, saying that? I'm not sure I could go that far. Okay, uh, what what I can say, I think what I, I what I would say is is that what we have to recognise is that salvation is a is a journey. Right. And at some point, there is a crossing from one kingdom to another. I, I, and I think, I think people do know that. When they go from darkness to light, they might need help to understand that. Mm. But I think that's our job. But what about in Matthew 25 where it says, uh, Jesus talks about the sheep and the goats. And this yep. is in Jesus' own words. Yep. And Jesus says, um, uh, when the Son of Man returns, uh, yep. he will separate the nations yep. um, uh, and... and he will separate everybody on to his left and his right, the sheep and the goats. And he'll say to the sheep, Come ye, blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world, because I was hungry and you fed me. Yeah. I was thirsty, you looked up, you know, you yeah. looked after my needs. These people say, When? When did we do that? Yeah. To me, it seems these people didn't even realise that they had you know, they didn't they didn't know what they were doing, yeah. clearly. 
But they were the ones who inherit the kingdom prepared for them. Yeah. Where the ones who thought they were doing it, or, or sorry, Jesus says elsewhere, many would come in that day and say, Lord, yeah. didn't we do this? Didn't we do that yeah. in your name? He says, depart from me, I never knew yeah. you. Yeah. So there are people who think they're in, uh, in relationship with Jesus, but they're not. Yeah. And there are people who, who don't think in themselves like that. They may think, I'm unworthy. Oh, Jesus would never love me. I could never be a Christian. I can't believe all that stuff anyway. Church is a horrible place. I wouldn't, don't want to be involved in any of that. But I'm going to um, love and be compassionate here. And I'm going to look after the needs yeah. of these people here around me. Is it possible that they are responding to the word and yet they just have no understanding or, or, or grasp of that? It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> you know, I, I, no, I, I mean, you know, anything is possible, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, what... You know, hypothetically, what happens to the people who have never had somebody come and tell them yeah. about, but respond to God? Yeah. I mean, sure, that, that's possible. I can see that. Yeah. But what I think, I think when I feel out on safer ground, if you yeah, like, yeah. you know, keeping my seatbelt on, yeah. <laughs> is that is that part of our our job is to help people to understand and that's the key this comes back to us and our responsibility our responsibility is with a redemptive mindset to be looking at the person serving me my coffee not as an unbeliever a sinner you know all that sort of actually is this person responding to God is there fruit in their life and if you see that we work with that to bring more abundance to it so my first question often in those situations is to ask the question to myself yeah where is God here? Hmm. It comes, that comes, you see, I think that's a redemptive mindset question. Hmm. Not is God here, but where is God here? Hmm. <laughs> and where is God in this person's life? Yeah. Right. And that, I think the whole Celtic thing is about, it's, uh, part of the problem is, I think that when we think about leading people to the Lord, we're mm-hmm. thinking about them responding to a message that we've given them mm-hmm. rather than us helping them to understand how they are responding to God already. Yeah. Which is, the, which the Cornelius yeah. story illustrates perfectly, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Ian, this has been a good, and I do you think we've kind of, we've probably done Yeah, let's not go any further. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been right up to the wire. And, we've been and right some. up to the wire and a little bit over, I think. Yeah, so, but <laughs> I start hanging over the cliff a couple of yeah, times. Exactly. Today, but, well, I think the point is here, yeah. you have to ask the questions to mm. get to truth, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Um, so and and again, this is not a creed. We're not dogmatic about this. We're on a journey understanding. But I think we have to ask these questions and have the conversations, so that we come to a better understanding. Yeah. And because it, it does feel we are in a different era, and things have moved on, yeah. and God is wanting yeah. us to be aware of this at yeah. least. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Thanks for asking the question, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, uh, we're talking about things that've been inspiring us. So, what's been inspiring you? So, I I try to read this book at least every two years. So, I've just been reading, uh, rereading it again, um, and it's the it's called the the Celtic way of evangelism. But really, it's not anything to do with evangelism. It is, but it's not. You know, it, it's more about how um, how the Celts live their life. Mm and how they impacted the world um, and how you can plug into that yourself now right. um, and how you, they used daily rhythms that they were doing to connect them again with God mm. and 
with the person of Jesus. So, so they would have little rituals that they do um, every day for ordinary things. So, for instance, when they were lighting the fire, because, you know, they, they would be lighting the fire every day in their homes, yep. they would use that and they would say, as I lay this fire and as I prepare this by laying wood and stuff, you know, um, would you prepare my heart mm. to receive your fire? As wow. I light this match, would you now strike a mm. spark that would light my heart with love and mercy and grace for wow. the way which I live? So, so you know, so they would do that. So that's been a real inspiration to me to to find the 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 things in my life and the rhythms in my life that I do every day and use them as a way of finding inspiration and mm. connection with God. So, mm. as an example, whenever I, not whenever, but most times when I shower. I have a whole ritual that I do, mm. you know, as I'm washing my hair, you know, mm. and and rubbing my. Would you, would you clear my mind mm. of all wow. the, yeah. those kinds of things, you know? So, so that's a real inspiration and continues to be an inspiration. Mm. And I would recommend the book to anybody to read because I think it really helps them connect. And what's the book called again? It's called The Celtic Way of Evangelism. And I could tell you, but it's something Hunter the Third. We wrote it. <laughs> Celtic way of evangelism. The Celtic way of evangelism. Ridiculous you are, like, isn't it? Ridiculous. What can I say? Jerry, what are you doing?